Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. I will see Mayenne and all its ships burn before one tyrant lord sets foot in my city. Berlane Supendrag Peron. Hello and welcome back. I am here with Tracy, my good friend. <laughs> I am here with my wonderful friend Amber. And this is the road to Tarvalin. Today is our Berlane episode. Ooh. And this one went down to a tiebreaker vote amongst our patrons. Wow. So thank you for that. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. I'm also, like, after doing some research for the Berlane episode, I'm really interested in the use of the city, or maybe not just the use, but like the city states in the Westlands and how Jordan has used them. Well, it's just what, like Farmatting, Falma, Tarvalin. And Mayan. Yeah. Right? Mm hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think those are the only ones. I mean, we don't have to talk about city states right now. We're talking about Berlin. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, totally fine. I think, uh, I think it's important to start in Mayan because mm -hmm. this is her nation and it somehow really characterizes who she is and why she is like she is. Absolutely. And I think it is important to talk about mm -hmm. Mayenne as a place and as an independent city-state. Yeah. When you look at the map, it is just, it's this little tiny peninsula off on the right side of Tyr. Mm -hmm. And it really is just swallowed by Tyr. There's the coast, which is a big part of their economics mm -hmm. and their wealth, mm -hmm. but it's because they have their whole like secretive shoalfish right. oil dealings that they have right. that nobody knows where where they find these fish. So it's all secretive, and I think it's one of those things that the Mayan leadership, who whoever they might be throughout time, keeps secretive keep safe their source of income coming from trading kind of makes sense because even though it's like a really wealthy nation it's very small which is another reason why it's considered one of the city states instead of a kingdom or a nation the way that the other i guess land masses countries whatever of the westlands are considered but they have a lot of artisans they're really good at shipbuilding um, and they're really close to the Seafolk trading lanes. Oh, and Shara. Like, don't they have, like, trading capabilities with Shara as well? Yeah. Kind of scary place to be wheeling and dealing Holy with. Holy cow. Holy cow. <laughs> Shara scares me, and it's not even a real place. I think one of the things to, like, get out right off the bat about Mayan being a city-state, you have to kind of, like, think about what that means for them and I like to think of it kind of like well I guess Tarvalin would be more like the Vatican Mayan would be like Singapore but tiny <laughs> not like a massive amount of people living there mm -hmm. 
So this makes it even more interesting and and exciting, I Mm -hmm. think, because there's not a ton of people living there. We're not talking about a huge population, Mm -hmm. but having a smaller population while being able to remain independent is really impressive. Yeah, they do have a standing army. It's the Winged Guards, but it's only 2,000 men. And that's like officers and everything included. It's not a very big army, especially considering they've got tier just like right on the other side of them, basically waiting for their opportunity to take Mayan as theirs. But where they're located is also like of huge defensive value. Like there's, what is it, the drowning lands to one side? And then they have like coastline to the other. They're just really naturally well situated to be able to defend themselves and apparently they have like really thick arms arms (laughs) thick walls around their city yeah so this whole line of myanner leadership they're always referred to as the first Mm -hmm. and they claim descendants from arthur hawkwing Mm -hmm. through his grandson Mm -hmm. But this is kind of like laughed off by everyone else besides the Mayanners. Right. So we don't really know if this is true mm-hmm. or not. It's just kind of like one of those things that gets passed down and, you know, wheel of time, myth becomes legend, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Are they really? I don't right. know. Maybe, possibly. Yeah. But I think there's something also about that that is inspiring mm. for your nation so i think this is maybe some type of it's good pr when you think about it yeah it's not true Mm -hmm. (laughs) really even the whole story of how this hawkwing descendant comes to mayan like he his mother was maybe assassinated and he maybe survived the assassination attempt and in this case like i think of like the uh the princes in the tower kind of thing where no one ever knew what happened to them and at some point later on a young man showed up in an outer city somewhere and was like I'm actually the prince blah 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 and people started following him around until like he got taken down but in this case his presence like establishes an entire line of rule even though that's not really what it was supposed to do in the first place like If I read it right, the label first lord or first lady was supposed to be like figurehead ceremonial in intention. And it was just like as time went by, the power began to accumulate. This is how things start out with man Mm -hmm. and through the history, like this is where we end up when we see Bear Lane as the leader of the nation. Mm -hmm. Cool. I was going to ask you about that. There was one other thing. I actually had a question for you about the the way that the Firsts consider themselves descendants of Hawkwing, but like the outside world is like, ha, 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 yeah, right. Do you think that in any way that affects the legitimacy of their rule? No, I don't think so because... The legitimacy of their rule is sitting as a figurehead of the nation. Mm -hmm. So as long as there's someone sitting there, they're in power. Mm. There hasn't been an uprising. Tyr didn't take them over. Mm -hmm. 
they're still fighting. Mm. So no, I don't think so. Okay, that's cool. I was just kind of wondering about that, you know, like when an outside group of nations thinks that one little city state is kind of a joke, it it feels like, oh, that really has negative (laughs) uh, consequences for international discussions and opportunities. But I agree with you. Yeah, I don't think Mayen is running around like the Westlands, like we're the biggest and the baddest and the best, you know, like they're not trying to conquer other nations. Mm. They're just trying to remain sovereign. Yeah. They're looking at themselves inwardly. They're not trying to spread from what it looks like, especially in this time period during the Third Age. Mm -hmm. It's just keeping that tyrant military, the high lords out Mm -hmm. and making sure that they're not swallowed. And I think too, the people of Mayan are probably pretty proud people. Mm -hmm. I think that their leadership with Berylaine is pretty inspiring. Mm -hmm. And I think she's really well loved. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, they've got a good relationship going between the leader and the citizens. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think that even though it could be seen as a joke elsewhere, I don't think that Berlaine is really too concerned as long as she gets what she wants. Mm-hmm. Lovely. <clears throat> so should we talk about her? Yeah, I think the last thing that I wanted to mention about the first is that there's no distinction of gender when determining heir. It is the eldest child of the reigning first who inherits the title. The, excuse me. Who inherits the title regardless of whether it's a male or a female, and that's not necessarily the case in other nations. Very forward-thinking, Mayan. <laughs> yeah. I like it. So, yes. So, Berlaine. Let's do it. I'm ready. Her full title is Berlaine Serpendrag Peron, the first of Mayan, blessed of the light, defender of the waves, high seat of House Peron. But, yeah, I really like that there's so much attention given to what is in the name, what mm-hmm. is in the full title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Defender of the Waves just sounds really majestic. Yeah, it does. I like that one. And physically, she's pretty majestic as well. Right. <laughs> Babe. I think every character that comes in contact with her, the first thing they think of is, wow, bombshell. Right. right? Like, tall pale like alabaster skin with long black hair and large dark eyes and she's curvy and she's sensual Mm -hmm. and for her her beauty is a weapon yeah for sure i was gonna say the things i wrote down like young and beautiful sensuous and sexy like if we're going off of physical kind of attributes without digging into her intellect because that's another area where she's quite impressive yeah like not only is she gorgeous but she has this really expert ability of judging things Mm -hmm. politically like seeing how the tides rise and fall Mm -hmm. politically and being able to calculate where she can make her move and who she can be aligned with at any moment yeah And this is, of course, because of how she is trained for her leadership Mm -hmm. and just how, like, defensively she has to be to protect Mm Mayan. Yeah. I mean, she took the throne really young. She was only, like, 10. 
I think, when she became the first. Her mother died when she was nine. Mm -hmm. Like mom and then dad right after each other. It's heartbreaking. So yeah, that would have been like a year after her mother died. Mm -hmm. She takes the first of Mayan title. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, like it's really a shame that we don't get Bear Lane point of views Mm. in the story. There's kind of one later on, Mm -hmm. but it is not from her point of view. It's from the narrator's point of view, so it's not in her own voice. I think that it's a really, like, great disservice because we see Bear Lane through the eyes of everyone Mm -hmm. else, and this definitely colors our judgment of her, I think. Oh my gosh, yeah. But, I mean, I'm not saying that if we got things from her point of view that it would change our image of her drastically because, of course... Even if someone does have their own point of view chapter or paragraph even, there's always that question of unreliable narrator. Mm -hmm. People can lie in their thoughts. (laughs) Like delusions are strong. Absolutely. (laughs) It happens. Yeah. So I'm not saying it would change everything, but it would still be really cool to get to see her way of thinking and what she's thinking of the characters who are so often judging her. Right. I guess maybe what I was thinking is how much I agree with you that even though we don't get her internal monologue or point of view or whatever, we're, I think we're given a fairly, maybe not, maybe not well-rounded, maybe that's the wrong word, but we definitely get a lot of perceptions of her from a lot of different people. And I think she proves herself kind of over and over again that she's, intellectually capable of standing with pretty much anyone else in the Westlands. She's oh yeah. In, she's oh, yeah. intuitive. She doesn't really have some of the same prejudices that seem to influence some of our other nobles that we see in in the series itself. Oh, I think I just remembered what I wanted to say though. Okay, so she's the full package, right? She's smart, she's beautiful, and oh yes, she's been trained to defend herself in the event of someone trying to physically assassinate her. So it's almost like, what can't Bear Lane do? Like, just looking at what we're saying about her, she sounds amazing, right? right? She sounds incredible. (laughs) But so many of our characters that come across her are just completely infuriated by her. The women can't stand yep. her. The men think she's a floozy. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> she can't win mm-hmm. from, like, the point of view of our main characters for the most yeah. part. But there's still something inside of me that really, I just, I love Berlaine. I think that she's such a fun character, even though she does some, some not-so-nice things. But I think that there's absolutely, like, a really incredible story arc with her from where we start off in the story. Mm-hmm. The way that she's perceived by other people, she doesn't have to be nice to everyone. Like, perhaps this is Berylaine's version of Machiavellian. Like, it's not necessarily better to be feared than loved, but to be <laughs> seduced and outwitted, perhaps. She's working inside the confides of 
her power as a woman, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. she's not out there sword fighting men. Nope. Like, yeah, she can defend herself, but she's not taking power physically through fear of physical strength. Mm-hmm. But she's using her strength as a woman. Mm-hmm. How to succeed in this struggle especially in tier with like the tyrant high lords who are all men Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like she's coming at it the only way she can Mm -hmm. and this is very cersei lannister Mm. when i think about it because she's beautiful she's intelligent for the most part Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like how she goes about getting her way Mm -hmm. because she she's not a man Mm -hmm. she can't make threats like a man she's responding to the narrow way they choose to see her. And so she's like, she plays into this is what you expect, but she's like five steps ahead of them, I think. I think that as our society has changed in some ways, I suppose, because I know when I was younger reading Bear Lane, I was always like, oh, Bear Lane, flirt with everyone you sleep with everyone how dare you like i was definitely like in the boat of slut shaming bear lane and i think that whether it was intentional or not maybe it was jordan wrote a woman who was going to inspire women in a different way 30 years later i think yeah i don't know like i really can't say if there was if the intention was to like take the stereotype mm-hmm. and like show that the stereotype is wrong, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much thought was put into mm-hmm. it. I would almost guess that she just evolved naturally. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jordan was trying to get people to like do some inward thinking mm-hmm. on <laughs> sexuality <laughs> and the patriarchy with Bear Lane. Right. I think it was like, she's hot, she's cool, she can fight. Right. And she keeps coming back in the story because she filled a necessary role mm-hmm. of like being a part or I guess adversary of some of our other characters. Yep. And then later on a friend. Mm-hmm. So... But I, I'm, like, struggling right now because I think I have to jump into spoilers. <laughs> okay. Because I'm, like, I keep cutting myself off um, before saying anything. Okay. I think the only thing that I had in here that I think could possibly fit in for non-spoilers are the parallels that are given to Verlaine as a character where, like, inspiration for her may have come from. And one is Ava Perone, which I don't know if I get that one. Listed in the wiki wheel of time, it says the famous Argentinian woman who became a hero to her people and came from humble upbringings. And I, Berlaine's born to royalty. She doesn't come from humble upbringings. She's owned this since the minute she was born, basically. So this one didn't really track for me. But the second one, Cleopatra of Egypt, resounded tremendously. And for that one, you can't get into talking about how they, like, really coincide unless you do go into spoilers. So, segue? (laughs) Yeah, even, I mean, even on the Cleopatra track, 
Berlina's always said to smell really good, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking of, of like Cleopatra using her, you know, secret right perfume recipes or bath oils or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dark hair to her shoulders, seen as a beauty by everyone around her. Politically savvy. Yeah, I think uh, I see the the similarities there. But that was. I think that's about it. Unless you want to talk about Berylene in the TV version in non-spoilers or talk about that in the spoiler section. I think I can say this without spoilers. Mm-hmm. So I would really like for Berylene to be a part of the show. Mm-hmm. I know that there's not space for having a thousand different cast members who have speaking roles. Like I just don't know how they're going to do that because there are so many characters yeah but Rafe being who he is (laughs) I feel like it's a safe bet that we will get a bear lane yeah agreed and I think the way that they have approached the television show Mm -hmm. we could expect a very sex positive bear lane Mm -hmm. someone who is not ashamed of her sensuality who is not ashamed of using sex or her beauty as a weapon Mm -hmm. I think it would be cool I think that in this society it's okay like this isn't something that people will be like clutching their pearls about (laughs) to declare you know yeah yeah yeah. do you think that a sex positive bear lane would pull the wheel of time world into the game of thrones world no okay because sex is sex is sex right mm-hmm. like we, we don't have to have game of thrones level like brothel scenes mm-hmm. right you know like we don't have to have that type of sexuality on this show mm-hmm. but it is very obvious how she is mm-hmm. without having to actually see it mm-hmm. if a actress or actor is talented like just a look mm-hmm. says enough yeah Bear Lane making eyes at someone mm-hmm. and someone kind of like smiling back, mm-hmm. like you know that there's a relationship there. Mm-hmm. Regardless if they want to physically like show that on television mm-hmm. or not, like I think either way it could be fine. But I don't I don't know if Prime Video is ready to be that explicit yet with the Wheel of Time. Yeah. I would much rather have more storytelling than sex. Like, a lot of times for me, it just takes up valuable screen time when we could be getting so much more of the story. So I think we could we could put, like, every... She says until there's a Daniel Henney sex scene. <laughs> I'll still blush furiously through it. I won't lie. But I also might not skip through that one. Again, I I think the question here is maybe like more about the female gaze Mm -hmm. versus the male gaze Mm -hmm. because I think what you're describing is more like the stereotypical, like very obvious scenes that are shot by men (laughs) where it's supposed to be something that is consumed by men, therefore it's made for Uh them. There is a difference, I think, and with Bear Lane, it doesn't have to be, like, that explicit, and I think that's the problem that I'm having explaining it, because it's usually a little bit different written by a woman, Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? No, absolutely, I think you did a a brilliant job explaining that, like, that's, I think that's exactly what I'm, I'm leaning towards wanting, as opposed to 
what we get so often in television, in film, where it's, I don't know, that male gaze is real uncomfortable. It just is. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But again, like, I, I'm also the type of person where, like, when Game of Thrones was on, I wasn't like, oh, my, you know, it was like, <laughs> oh, another brothel scene. Okay, right. whatever. Yeah, I'm all for it. Row the show whichever way feels, I guess, natural and empowering, I hope for. Do you have any actors in mind that could play Berylaine? I would just want someone unknown. Yeah. Someone that I don't associate with any other television show. Mm -hmm. Someone, a fresh face. Oh, I love that. You know? All right, let's jump into spoilers. That sounds great. So before, like, I get to any specific chapters mm -hmm. or anything like that, there's one relationship of Bear Lanes that I really, really love, and that's with Ruark. It's this mentor almost like daughter protege mm -hmm. with Ruark and it's really surprising agreed especially because in these books so often the cross culture and different gender relationships they end in calamity mm -hmm. <laughs> so often mm -hmm. where it's like this is the one where I'm just like I really like her relationship with Ruark mm -hmm. and the other Aiel mm -hmm. that she's in close with. Mm -hmm. That's actually on my spoiler list as well as the what makes her so lovable to the wise ones. Like, why are they so drawn to her? Like, Aguin at one point observes Amis kissing Berylaine in the way a mother kisses a daughter. And she's like, What the heck? What is going on here? And I'm like, What was it? I think it's just something in the Aiel culture to really respect how transparent, maybe that's not the right word, just how forthright she is. Mm -hmm. Like she says what she means and she means what she says. Mm -hmm. She is authentic. In talking about Ruark, he's one of the first Aiel encounters that she has as far as I'm aware of. Like... When we first meet Berylaine in the series, she's delivering a letter to Moraine. And as she's leaving, she passes by Rourke and she's like, you're the head of the Aiel. I will dine with you. And I think the fact that, like, she doesn't have any prejudices. Like, everyone else is like, oh, my God, the Aiel. Like, they all have these really set ideas of what the Aiel are. And Berylaine just sees another potential tool for her tool bag. Like, everyone gets the same treatment. What can you do for me and for my country? And not that that's a bad thing, but, like, I mean, that's her whole job, really. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Adrian says it shows respect to Aiel and that she's open to learning, mm. I think, is what that says. Yeah, the Aiel are so honor-based, mm -hmm. and I think... Yeah, she shows honor, even though sometimes she can act a little petulant. But yeah, <laughs> she's always <laughs> she's sometimes being put in her place by Ruark. Like, I'll send you to bed without supper. <laughs> and she does it like she she's she goes along like with runs it. here. I'm running because mm -hmm. Ruark told me to. I would still love to know what that conversation was 
that the two of them had that has placed that kind of response system in her to what he threatens or intends. I don't know. But, like, what did they say to each other? Okay, I want to start talking about some of these chapters with Bear Lane. Sure. The one that always caught my attention is the one in Lord of Chaos and it's where she puts everything together and finds Rand's abandoned sword and dragon belt so it's the festival of lights I think so it's like the the feast of Randland version of winter solstice okay and it's mayhem, right? Like it is just party time, people making out on the street. This is in Kyrie. Everything right? is chaotic. Yes, yeah. this is in Kyrie. Okay. And she comes in, and this is during like one of those big moments where Perrin and Fael are fighting because of Bear Lane. Mm-hmm. And she comes in into Perrin's chamber. I, I don't know if it's Perrin's chambers, but it's Perrin, Fael, and Loyal. Fael and Loyal are playing stones. Mm-hmm. And Bear Lane, like, opens the door, and she's got the sword and the belt. And Perrin is, like, growling at her, like, out, you, get out. And he's mm-hmm. ready to, like, push her out the door. And she's like, look, like, look, you idiots. Like, he left his sword and his dragon belt. Mm-hmm. He was taken. Mm-hmm. Like, he wouldn't leave this behind. So she's the first person to put this together. Mm-hmm. She is not a dummy. Mm-mm. And everyone else is kind of like, oh, no, no. Like, what What do we do? And Perrin's like, okay, like, I'm assembling everyone I can. And then we have this, like, assembly of one of the most cool, most massive, like, war parties in the Wheel of Time. And I just love that she's a part of it. She even sends 200 of her winged guards 200 Mm -hmm. like she is one of the in terms of size she has a very small army compared to some of these people so like the aiel can afford five thousand spears a thousand farter i my and 94 wise ones Mm -hmm. right and bear lane's like here's 10 percent of my military right go i give this to you and she's ready to join Mm -hmm. them even like she would have gone too i think absolutely if she could have but she has to stay in kyrian because there's shido like approaching and that's the whole issue with like this war party they can't move too many pieces outside of kyrian otherwise the shido will come in and just sack the entire city masterpiece of a chapter and i love that like there's this really great metaphor with like loyal and fail in the background playing stones because it's like a chess game this entire chapter yeah. like how many people can we take who can we move what can we do and bear lane is like the one that kicks it off mm-hmm. yeah i was just reading over the where that starts to unfold in that chapter and how like her mind works to connect all the dots like she's like i just you know this whole this whole thing smells fishy so these are the things that i started to do no one else was doing those things parents been off searching like now that they think that rand's actually gone and she's like so here are the dots i have connected them we need to do something yeah good observation amber love that about bear lane there's another chapter of hers 
where I think it was like this big, I don't know, like turning point for me where I was like, I love her. I just love her. Like that's that's the chapter. Mm-hmm. That's the bit. I love it. And I mean, that's a later one. That's not until I think Crossroads of Twilight. Yeah, chapter seven and Crossroads. But it's such a good. It's such a good, good chapter. Even though this is very honestly a plot line that many people hate. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I'm I'm not one of those people that really hated the Perrin, Fahil, Kidnap, Shido mm-hmm. extravaganza. <laughs> it's just long mm-hmm. is the thing. It's very long. But in this chapter, Perrin's party is pretty much trapped. They have Masima's men, the prophet's dirty weasel boy party <laughs> on one side mm-hmm. and Darkhound tracks mm-hmm. on the other. Mm-hmm. So they're like sandwiched in and everyone's really starting to lose hope. They're searching for the kidnapped Fail and Morgaze, who was undercover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's kind of getting to the point where it's like, we're going to die. Like we're losing hope. And it's like the narrator quote about her. I, I think it's from parents' point of view, but I don't know if this is like parents' thoughts or like just the narration mm-hmm. so it's almost like am I getting this as like Perrin's thoughts or like Robert Jordan's thoughts mm-hmm. because every time it goes to narrator like I feel like that's Robert Jordan's voice mm-hmm. and it's she was a ruler small though man was but there was a regal tone in her voice fit for the queen of Andor back straight she made her saddle seem a throne and she spoke loudly enough to make sure everyone heard her decision firmly enough that everyone knew the decision had been made and she says if we have enemies all around then going on is as safe as turning back or turning aside if turning back or aside were 10 times safer i would still go on i intend to see the lady fail rescued if we must fight our way through a thousand dark hounds and trollocs as well like that i have sworn to do and then like her winged guard starts going crazy and they've got their (laughs) I love their description of their red breastplates and their lances mm-hmm. that have like these red streamers on them where I'm just like, ugh, bear lane. Yeah. Girl, the... you are just cool. That is so like inspiring. Yeah. Such a great going off into war. 1000%. <laughs> There's the line in here that is like jumping out at me is the smell of fear remained, but they sounded ready to cut their way through any number of Trollocs rather than appear less in Fairlane's eyes. <sighs> She's so inspiring. Yeah. And then the next chapter is where they find the Shido camp. Uh-huh. And Perrin is just in a whole different world, right? Like, uh-huh. everything flips for him. This is a huge changing point of the story. And they're getting together trying to think like what their next step is going to be and bear lane is like look i have jewels Mm -hmm. i have money we can buy her i will give you as much as i have to get her back and if i don't have enough here then i will send people back to get more (laughs) of my jewels because at this point they have ashaman who can travel Mm -hmm. and open gateways Mm -hmm. 
she didn't have to do this. I think she really is trying to make up for all of the messed up shit that she's done to Perrin. And it's like, this is the only way I can help right now and I will give you as much as I have. Yeah, she's not half-assing her attempt to help Perrin get Fael back. There's nothing in her behavior at this time that isn't completely focused on making this happen. And it's... And making it right. Yeah, yeah. It's impressive. Doesn't she even kind of change the way that she's dressing at this time, too? She could be wearing the diadem of the first, like her hawk tiara. Right. I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but she could be. Yeah. Because when they go in to get Fael out, she tries to be a part. She tries to lead the winged guards, but Perrin is like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Masima wants to kill you. <laughs> Stay back. Stay protected. You know, you were kind of obvious in that diadem, dear. Should just let's keep you safe. It's important. Um I am one of those people that is not a huge fan of the Fael kidnapping plotline. But I have to say that there are highlights to it. Like you said, it just goes on too long. Bear Lane's behavior through this is not one of those things that I don't like. It's, I don't know, it's really nice to see her on the page the way that maybe more reflects who she is on the inside in some ways. Like, the only reason yeah. she behaves flirtatiously is it gives her an advantage. And I think if she didn't feel as though that was necessary, this is perhaps the way that she would be all the time. Mm -hmm. It makes me think inwardly. Mm -hmm. Like, how often do I say things like, oh my god, like Tom's Deste Mar skills are incredible. Mm -hmm love him he's a badass he kills people right mm -hmm. tom is not an innocent mm -mm. person he does some kind of messed up yeah. stuff but because it's tom i'm like yeah like heck yeah <laughs> love it bear lane's doing the same thing mm -hmm. i mean she's just using seduction mm -hmm. it's even stated that she could probably out dust Mar some kyrians mm -hmm. So, like, just because it's a woman and she's using her body, does that mean that more people are initially turned off by it or kind of, like, quicker to judge her? Mm. I don't know. Maybe? I do. I, I think it's I think it's what you said the, the second time, we're quicker to judge her. I know I was. I mean, we had mentioned earlier the way that Verilene is seen, especially by the other female characters. Like, <laughs> when I was doing the search through my my digital book here okay so for example as i'm searching for it these are the things that pop up in response to i think this is an elaine's chapter from the shadow rising so her observations of Lane. if that chip Lane has her claws into him it will not be easy to pry them loose Lane may look soft she sure she certainly makes men see her so but i do not think she is there was red in his cheeks. He was thinking of Berlaine. There are all these ways that they think of her. And it's usually really unflattering. 
Berlaine would have been wrapped around him by now. And then Berlaine or Elaine being like, I'm not Berlaine. I'm not going to be like all over him. That's not my way. Like Berlaine's way is bad. But I think that's like, it's one point of view. And I think it's the one that I had for so long. You know, like that was the point of view I followed instead of Yeah, the... of course, because you associate with the main characters. Right. Yeah. And I think that I was I apologize, Berlin. I was unfair to you. <laughs> I feel like a queen could have taken that step back as well, especially after seeing how the wise ones react to her instead of being like I still think everything Berlin does is wrong and dumb, but the wise ones sure like her the heck is wrong with the wise one yeah and i mean and i'm not trying to say oh everything bear lane does is okay right. because it's not like she does some really terrible stuff yeah getting people to think that her and parents slept together while he's like injured in her tent not cool definitely a not shitty cool. move yeah not yeah. cool. but on a whole as a character i think bear lane is really fun yeah one of the things that I was thinking about is how, you know, at the end of the series, Galad and Berlaine end up together, and we don't really, like, get to see anything past, like, that initial, we're in love, but I was like, from a political standpoint, Galad is a fucking catch. Like, she's been after Perrin this whole time because she thinks it'll give her a tie to the Dragon Reborn. But if she ends up with Galad, as it looks like she's going to... Then she's the sister-in-law of the Dragon Reborn. Exactly! Exactly. Yeah. Who is also the Queen of Andor and Kyrian. And her husband is the head of the White Cloaks. Right? So... Or her her to-be husband would be the head of the White Cloaks. Not a... So, like, one of the biggest militaries, right? probably. Right? And then he's the son of two ruling houses. So, yeah. he's... I, I'm happy for her. Me too! Good for them. Good for them. And think of those amazing-looking children. Oh, my God. <laughs> they'll be, they'll be like, the, uh, like, Neja's family. In... Oh, my God. If this was, like, if this was shot in the 90s, it would be Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's such a shame because that those last her only I'm doing like air quotes point of view chapter is a memory for light mm -hmm. chapter 37 which is massive. It is right. probably one of the longest chapters in the series, yeah. but a lot of flipping through pages to find this and I was just thinking like is this really her point of view? Really could it be? Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like the narration of her tending to Galad and witnessing the destruction of everything and she's saying that she knows that the dawn is coming yeah and that soon it should be daylight yeah. but there will be no light and Galad's like take this you know like mm -hmm. one last final breath take this and she grabs the fox head medallion and then that's taken back to Matt. Mm -hmm. Oh, it could have been so much more. I would have loved to have at least three Bear Lane point of views to really get inside mm -hmm. the woman's head and see what she's thinking and feeling. But no dice. No dice. No dice. So Amazon Prime Video, let's let's do it. Let's 
let's give Bear Lane a story to tell. I think that that's a valid request. I'm on board for that. I mean, seriously, like, just looking at, like, the parallels between her and Cleopatra, I was really excited because it's like, she could be put into play in so many places where she's already put in the book series. And she fosters a story so often that we need to have. So I could do without the love story or the not love story. It's not a love story. I could do without her incessant attempt to seduce Perrin. I understand that for her, the idea of gaining political standing and safety is like goal number one and that Perrin feels like he's a, I'm going to put air quotes around this, good option, but he's really not for so, 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 so many reasons that she's somehow just refusing to see. And I feel like that could be flipped into her becoming a confidant of parents instead and in that way gaining the trust of the dragon reborn and people around her i think that would be like keep her sex positive and everything that's totally fine but like just eliminate that whole i'm after parent and causing all these problems it's just it's not necessary we don't need another love story you could do it you just don't have to troll it out yeah 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 throw it in there for a minute and then dump it Yeah, there's not enough time anyway. Right? So, like, I mean, and just, I mean, seriously, even if you just maybe eliminated that whole aspect of it, it might even be better. Was there anything you wanted to say before we wrap it up? Hmm. No. All right. So, everyone, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Like and subscribe. Please do. And we will catch you next time. Goodbye.